You're listening to the J-Team. Altuve's done it again! On ESPN 97.5-92.5. Thank you for your service, Andrew. Not just good looks. He's blank. I'm Brad. Oh, 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 my bad. He's Joel. I'm Jeremy. It's the J-Team. He's Joe behind the glass. We're the J-Team today only. Maybe every February 7th. If we're still, if I'm still living to do this show, because blankers might kill me. Can, if we, we're, can we remember it? <laughs> I think the Astros will tweet about it. If we're not going to remember it, then we need our producer to remember it so we have no shot. Unless the Astros tweet about it. <laughs> Put it in your Google calendar now, Joe. So you can uh, you can remember it in in 365 days. Is it a leap year? Or whatever. Seven one three. I think it might yeah. be seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. HRMP listener line. Connor and Beard. They do a radio show before us. They do a great job. Three hours of tremendous radio each and every week. <laughs> I'm looking at the TV screen. And they're showing the Kelvin Sampson ejection from last night. That was something. I love that was, it. I, yeah, he had his back of his players, man. They had the, the, Oklahoma State had 35, 36 free throws in that game. Like it was insane, and he. He, look, he defended his best, but he defended Jamal Shedd. Like, that was – I loved it. I loved that moment. Well, and they got to call it – I like. I told you because you were busy during the game, but I said I like the way Fran Fischella handled it too because I didn't, I didn't listen. a lot of people would have called out the fact that Calvin gets – Kelvin should get one there but not two and, you know, keep his cool and don't do this and don't do that. He used it as, as a forum to basically say over the last two weeks the officiating has been bad across big college basketball games, and he proceeded to point out several – different ways and, and areas where he was legitimately concerned about how it was being called and what was being done. And I give him credit, too, for the fact that Kelvin had every right. They weren't calling it the same way on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I I, I mean, uh, me who loves sports as entertainment, uh, I loved it. But I also like, you know, Coach having the back of his team. They thought he got a bad whistle. And I think that it... Uh, there's probably a little bit of a hey, like maybe give us a, a fair whistle going forward too. You know, the opportune time to do it when you're up twenty something points. That was uh, cool to see. Good bounce back win for Houston. Jamal Shedd playing at an All American level. Uh, big one on Saturday at Cincinnati. All right, so Connor. Sorry, I got distracted there. I'm, I'm a little bit. Uh, a, I am ADD. Uh, really am. Uh, Connor and Beard. They had their show tweet today. It's a day to celebrate Jose Altuve, and we're celebrating by by changing our name of the show for one day only. For one day only, from the Killer Bees to the J Team. Uh, they tweeted, "It's a day to celebrate Jose Altuve, the man that will go down as the greatest." athlete in the history of this city all right i've I've been getting i'm still getting hate on twitter at jeremy brenham uh for saying that jose altuve is in a tier by himself all these biggio and look we're the killer bees craig biggio is my favorite baseball player of all time i can respect that jose altuve's had a better career in my opinion i do value winning more than individual accolade so maybe that's the you know the point of contention here I am not going to say that Jose Altuve is the greatest athlete in the history of the city here. Now, let's put the parameters professional team sport because you can throw Simone Biles. Sure. Great, great selection. You could go Carl Lewis. Mm-hmm. Great selection. You could go the pastor George Foreman. Great Mary selection. Lou. Mary Lou. I used to go to preschool with George Foreman's, like George Foreman the ninth, whatever kid he had because he had tons. Uh, he could fill a football team. So we'll go pro team sport. I cannot say that Jose Altuve is a greater athlete than Akeem Olajuwon. I think they are peers, and they're in a class by themselves. Yeah, and I think that everybody, rightfully so, quickly looks at Dream's career, the two championships, the Hall of Fame, where he sits in terms of the all-time, all-time in NBA history. But then when you tack on the U of H aspect of this, and you tack on the fact that you know, he has been the, and again, another class act. Great to have both these guys in this conversation because of the fact that on and off the field, class act and the way they've carried themselves throughout their career. To me, it just, it, it, it's not, it's a great conversation to have, but I think Dream is still, if it's fair to say 1A, 1B, but 
Dream is still a, a, a skosh above Jose Altuve uh, in the in that greatest of all time in this city. Tony twenty two says, "Look at Bagwell's postseason numbers. That's in the conversation mm-hmm. of the Astros' all time great players." And like I, I do, and maybe I overvalue playoff. Maybe I overvalue winning. I'm sorry, that's what I do. I like parades. I like championships. I like rings for for a city that was starved for a long time. Like it took a long time for a Houston pro big three team to win a championship. It took the Rockets. You were mm-hmm. there. You lived it. You were working with them. Uh, then it took forever for the Astros to finally get off the Schneid and win a World Series. I put great weight in winning a championship for the city so we can all celebrate have parades have a great time it's fantastic and that's why i do put weight in that the the elijah altuve debate is is fascinating to me because i know i just went to you know professional sport team i think what breaks the tie is elijah one's three final fours at the university of houston because altuve has an mvp hakeem has an mvp uh, altuve has two world series titles hakeem had the back-to-back uh, NBA Finals. So they're very comparable. I think Akeem's one of the top 10 greatest players of all time. People would argue that, but he's certainly on the short list of one of the top three to five centers of all time. I think Jose Altuve's on the short list of one of the top three to five second basemen of all time. So like cross-sport comparison, I think that they're peers. Mm-hmm. I think they're contemporaries. Why I still give the slight edge to Akeem, and you could nitpick me and say, well, you're talking pro sports. Okay, well, then they're, they're a tie. But what gives me Akeem the slight edge, and I'm a, I'm a homer, go Cougs, uh, three final fours, yeah. three final fours. No, no question about it. That's where I was, too, in terms of the fact that, you know, he, it was not just his professional career, it was his college career, and his college career wasn't too shabby. With the final fours, with his ability to play at a high level and how everybody anticipated, you know, the, the big games against Georgetown or the big games that they had to play uh the fact is is Akeem really put Houston on the map again for college basketball as well and that is a a a fabric of the city in terms of sports and you can't just throw that by the wayside professional or not and and I think that again there's going to be a time where the conversation may change because I really firmly believe before Altuve's done they're going to be chasing another ring and if they get another ring now that might change the conversation, and if he gets the 3,000 hits in the Hall of Fame and adds another ring to the conversation, then it's a great conversation to have about could he surpass Akeem Olajuwon. 3 2 0 9 had the Astros won the World Series in 21, then Altuve would definitely be number one in Houston. Like, is that what it takes for him to be the clear cut number one in the city? It's funny that people want to argue Altuve is the greatest Houston athlete of all time, but then putting him on the same tier as Bagwell and Biggio. If he wins that third, does that push him over the top? I think that. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, think so I, too. I, I think that that would be the, the kicker. Obviously, you still want to see him get the Hall of Fame and the 3,000 hits would be another big accolade because remember, Dream retired as the and they started keeping block shots a little later in the NBA. It, we didn't go back as far as Wilt and some yeah. of these guys, but he was the all-time shot block leader. You know, he had his stats that backed him up to top 10 in steals. I don't know about steals. Yeah, he's up there. But regardless, I mean, look, there's a lot of individual stats that also go for Dream to where you say, hey, that's that's even more to it. The other thing that I always think about is Dream was always judged as, as a center. He's 11th in That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that Dream was always judged at a center, Tim Duncan could be a four or a five. The, the, the fact that the, all of a sudden it got flexible, but Dream's thrown in with Shaquille O'Neal and dominant, huge, massive human beings where now you look at Dream and go, if Dream played today, he could play four, he could play five, he could play stretch, whatever you want to call it, and he'd still be the same kind of dominant player because of the athlete he was. But I think that if, if, if Altuve wins a third championship, then it's fair to say that he could surpass Dream. So t- like he was 10th in NBA stills. 
This is NBA ABA, and Dr. J surpasses Akeem when you count his ABA mm, steals. I don't know that that should count. So he's t- I don't think it does. I think I just read that column. I think it is NBA. Okay. So he is top 10 in steals. He's 10th uh, because he's still ahead of uh, Dr. J because he doesn't get those ABA ones. Uh, is that enough for you, Joe? Where do you, where do you stand? Are you Akeem Olajuwon? Are you Akeem Olajuwon? Are you Akeem Altuve, greatest athlete, Houston sports history, big three men's sports? Yeah, I think for me, like my, my age definitely comes into play with this a little bit because of when Dream was winning championships. I was like three. But like, I, so I, to me, when you look at like the, the raw numbers, I think, I think they're almost virtually tied. I hear you on the Final Fours, but Dream went to three Western Conference Finals, right? Mm-hmm. So he had seven Final Fours or Western Conference Finals appearances combined. Altuve has seven ALCS appearances yeah. total. So I feel like that's kind of equal to the MVP, the championships. The reason why, for me, Dream will always be number one because of where I was born mm-hmm. is the fact that no one criticizes the Houston Rockets for drafting Akeem Olajuwon over Michael Jordan. Like, it is a semantics argument, I guess, but, like, no one criticizes the Rockets for that. And that, to me, is why Dream is elevated. Because if you're not going to treat the Rockets the way you treat the Trailblazers with Bowie, because Dream was that great, it just gives him that edge that, like, it's Michael Jordan and no one cares. I lived that. Yeah, that's that's crazy, too. You could have had the second pick. Yeah, I, I lived the Portland side of that. They will never... Ever, and obviously, as, as time passes, there might there will come a time. But even still, people will remind that that city over and over again the the the, the fact that they never want to be reminded of Sam Bowie. That is absolutely crazy, and they did it again. They took Greg Oden instead of Kevin Durant, and that they thought was going to take some of the luster off. Nope, it's always going to be Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Rockets could have had that second. Corey says, what about Swoops, four-time WNBA champion? If it's about winning, some sarcasm. Somebody else said Cynthia Cooper-Dyke. Uh, we said men. We said top three pro sports in this. Like, it's got to be the men's. The Comets had a great run, and we love women. It's National Women in Sports Day. It so is. Congratulations to you, Joe. It's National Easy. Women's Day. Wow. <laughs> I also uh, I do not think that until we see it play out, I think it will be unfair to hold the Hall of Fame against this conversation for Altuve if the writers choose to keep Altuve out. Like, mm. I, I think it will be unfair to be like, well, Dream's a Hall of Famer and Altuve's not, but we all know why Altuve won't right. be a Hall of Famer if that happens. I don't think, I don't think that he's going to be kept out. I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. He might get the slap on the wrist of not being a first ballot guy, mm. but I think eventually he'll get in. I mean, we all know that like Beltram was the ringleader of this. And if you look at his Hall of Fame votes, they're yeah. going up. Yeah. And he has surpassed all the steroid guys. What do we think about Marwin's Hall of Fame chances? Zero percent chance. <laughs> I, I do. I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to make him a first ballot guy, but I think he'll be a second I, or third. I think the second. other thing that makes Houston so proud is they both have their own individual stories, but they both are Cinderella stories. When you think about Dream not even picking up a basketball, coming over here from the, you know, the big Nigerian kid that played soccer, and then the stories about when they picked him up from the airport or just starting to try to learn how to play basketball. To Altuve, you know, being this little guy that they weren't even sure was supposed to be trying out, and then they gave him 15000 to sign. Or he mentioned in the press conference that they told him he was basically going to be like a placeholder bridge till they found another second baseman when they eventually brought him up to the big leagues. And now look at how the Cinderella stories played out and what they meant for the city and the, 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 all the accolades. They're both amazing stories that everybody should – it's a proud argument to have for them both representing H-Town. Yeah, two nine one two. I I think this also depends on how dominant each player was. Dream was dominant, won a finals MVP. How often has Altuve been the best player on the field for the Astros in the World Series? Um, 
I'm trying to think back. Like he got the Astros to the World Series in seventeen. Springer won it in seventeen, right? Right, but Altuve had the big ALCS. He did. And then that was whenever Verlader was like, I literally love Jose Altuve. Yep. But Springer won the World Series MVP in 17. The and, Astros and won it in 22. Two. Who won it in tw- Who was the MVP Pena. in 22? That's right, Pena. Oh, that's right, Jeremy Pena. Yeah, I blanked like Lance Berkman blanked. Oh, he just didn't know. On Jeremy Pena's name. He just didn't know his name. And like, I, think, I think you have to give credit to Altuve, too, even though they don't win some of these World Series. You know, we've played the highlights now, you know, in the show open and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But in 2019, you got to give him credit for that. Basketball still is yeah, the, the, the greatest thing about too. both these guys, but in particular to your argument right there, Joe, is he never pulled a Harden. I mean, for the most part. And there was, he was, had a bad two, postseason was it two, two years, years ago, ago, the pro season, where he was like the Ofer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no but home then, runs. But then he kind of resurfaced in the World Series. He was good in the World Series, no RBIs, no home runs. Okay. See, baseball is weird, too, though. Like, baseball, you go, like, it's an up-and-down sport. The other pitcher is really, really good. Basketball, like, you're going to play to your averages most nights. Well, you're you're going to score 25 if you average 25. Yeah, your superstars are supposed to still give you 20-plus and some other things. Adrian Altuve over Keem. Sorry, not sorry. Argue with your mama. Hmm. Um, She'll probably just say whatever you want. My guess is that I would say most people, Connor and Beard, like how this conversation started. Mm. If you're in my age bracket, which those two guys kind of are, they're going to lean out to that. You want Akeem, though. I know I want Akeem because I like he's a top 10 basketball player of all time. That also is a huge argument for this. Mm-hmm. That's why I said most people. I think most people under like 33. How old are Connor and Beard? Do you think he's top 10 all time? I th- I have him in my in top 10. In the NBA? I, I think I, I, do. I have him in my top 10, but yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly biased. Sure. I'm just saying, like, overall, from a non-biased opinion, would most put him in the top 10? Look, I, think he's I on love the cusp, it. But just yeah, I think, most, I think most he's people, right top 12, probably. Yeah, most yeah. people, like, when you see, like, the ESPN list, they have him in the 12. i sorry to the older, older generation that can't really defend themselves, but, like, I don't view that That was well. some ageism there. Yeah, I was. Some I literally like, ages. but like none yeah, of us saw like I Wilt or Russell. Yeah, but or... that's my point. Like I don't like I value what Dream did because it's still my era of basketball a yeah. little bit versus like Wilt, what Wilt did. Like I just don't view it the same way. It's Fair hard enough. to say though that like Russell won what what sixteen some ungodly amount yeah, of championships. Like, that to me shows that like there's a flaw in putting those guys on a different tier because how do you win that many championships? Well, to be, I mean, he did it against Wilt though. Like that was yeah. same time era. Yeah, it's two players. But that was like one guy. Yeah. The argument, I, I, know, is, I know. The argument is always the rest of the league was like plumbers and electricians and had day jobs and smoked yeah. cigarettes. Yeah, which I always think is silly. I think it's a silly Well, that's argument. like when Mad Dog brings up Koozie and compares Koozie to some of the great point guards in the league. It was a different era. I'm not trying to take anything away from Bob Koozie, but it's a totally different. In, in so many ways, it's a different game, the way it's called, officiated, and played, and the athleticism of all the players. Yeah, it's... um. That's why it's resume versus like actual talent. Because I don't think Babe Ruth would be a very talented right. baseball player today, but he has one of the top three greatest baseball resumes of all time. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line. You're listening to the J team today because it's Jose Altuve Day, so we renamed our show in honor of Jose Altuve. We feel it's disrespectful to be called the Killer Bees on Jose Altuve Day, so we changed it to the J team for a day only. Let's make the Houston Texans great again. Let's make mock drafts great again. And I'm taking a lot of heat for my latest mock. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Welcome back to the J Team. Back to the wall. The makes the moment again. On ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We are the uh, the J Team today. The the mayor, the new mayor guy in Houston. 
I'm just going to let that be. I was going to say something inappropriate there. The new mayor guy in Houston, he he announced this Jose Altuve day. Second month of the year, seventh day of the second month, 2-7 day. Jose Altuve wears 2-7. Uh, sounds like a big production, right? Yeah. Why were the Killer Bees talking about it yesterday to lead off our show? Huh? Huh? 713-780-3776. Let's make mock drafts great again. So I've been doing these fake mocks, right? Uh, these spoof mocks. I told you all our listeners that it's an Easter egg for all of you. And like, <laughs> You got a quarterback today? Yeah, I did. Thank you for interrupting me there, Blanker. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I drafted Bo Nix at number 23 today. Because this is the reason why. I've been telling all of our listeners to pay attention. It's an Easter egg for all of you. And let's see how ridiculous and serious all of these people take these mock drafts. They're mock drafts they're not real and all of you are losing your mind about these mock drafts so yesterday i put one out there and they're like oh you're fired you're fired you're fired so i sent a message today is what i did i drafted bo nicks with the number 23 pick and people were arguing with me telling and of course i argued back why wouldn't i telling me like what an idiot i am uh this guy from overseas what why is there a quarterback are we going to edelman him i said you need a good backup these days and i'm worried about stroud playing in all these extracurricular games which is true he's playing in the nba all-star celebrity game i don't like that i hate it i'm not a fan of that so a lot of people with gifts saying that i'm an idiot this guy uh full quan dude are you looking for hate mail, why would you post this? I said best available, which he was. He was the best available player on my board. I'm the best available guy. He goes, Stroud is not Rosen. We don't need to take the best quarterback available. I said, I don't know, man. He's doing all these extracurricular activities. I'm worried. And this guy's like, well, you know, it's, it's not like that serious competition, more like light cardio. Uh, a lot of people put pictures of that H-Town critic guy, which <laughs> yeah, there, was, there was like four of those. Uh, so, like, it's silly. It's crazy to me how how serious these people take it. How serious, and most people understood that it was a joke. Like, I didn't get ratioed. I got more likes than comments, which is always important in the Twitterverse. Uh, but yeah, let's just keep that as an Easter egg with the listeners. When you see something ridiculous as a mock draft coming from me, let's just have fun with the commenters that are underneath it. Nice little Easter egg for the listeners. All right, Eric Edholm is the uh, the mock draft today. Uh, NFL.com, I'm a big fan of Eric Edholm. We used to have him back on on the Yahoo Sports radio days. Well, too. He's been on the Killer Bees a couple of yep. times. Uh, really good. I like him a lot around the draft. Make note of that, Joe, If in case you wanted to cold call somebody. Um, he has the Bears going with Caleb Williams. Uh, he, I still think commanders are going to trade up there. But the commanders, number two, they go Drake May. Jaden Daniels, number three. Kind of the norm, what we're seeing lately. That's kind of been the trend. Marvin Harrison at number four to Arizona. Nothing out of the unusual there. Brock Bowers to the Chargers at five. Malik Neighbors to the Giants at six. Joe Control Alt Delete, number seven to the Titans. Dallas Turner, number eight to the Falcons. Roma Dunze, uh, number nine to the Bears, which that would be fun. And then Talise Fuaga, say it with conviction, number 10 to the New York Jets. So that's his top 10. Uh, quarterbacks along the way to the Houston Texans pick at number 23. He has J.J. McCarthy going number 19 to the Rams. Hmm. That would be interesting. They would have Stafford for maybe another year or two. Uh, if they're drafting McCarthy there, they probably don't think a whole lot of Stets, uh, Stetson Bennett, which I think he's in rehab anyways. Uh, and then no other quarterbacks until the Texans are on the clock. He has the Texans going with Nate Wiggins, the corner from Clemson. If Nate Wiggins is the pick at number 23, would you be okay with that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm okay with it from the standpoint of, one, it's defense. Two, as the discussion was uh, that we had the other day with a corner being taken there, it probably tells you that the writing's on the wall that they didn't or weren't planning on bringing back Stevie Nelson uh, and that they're going to replace him with a guy that's going to be... Now, is it is he the right corner there based on availability and everything else? Because we had Kool-Aid there. Um, we've had a couple of... We had the kid from Iowa in the discussion. Uh, to me... It just tells you that you have to put your trust in Nick Nick Casario in terms of the the talent evaluation, but it tells me that they're going defense. They're replacing Stevie Nelson. It's a cheaper option, and if they believe with their talent evaluation they got the right guy, then I'm totally fine with them going corner there. There was a – Stevie Nelson was on some podcast today, or he probably – I heard it today. He's probably long ago. Or at least in the last couple of days, he was talking a little bit about like the contract stuff that he and Casario got into, and it sounds like Stephen Nelson wants to maximize his earnings in his NFL life. I think that Stephen Nelson's gone. I don't think he's going to be a Houston Texan anymore. So I'd be totally fine with Nate Wiggins, the corner uh, from Clemson. Lance Erline says that he's a year one starter. Cool. He's long, 6'2", 185, so he gives you a little bit of length there. So that's something that intrigues me. If he's the pick at number 23, I would not be upset with that at all. If you move along and you look at the next three picks, and then we, we draft from these four guys, mm-hmm. Amarius Mims is the next pick, the Georgia, the offense tackle from Georgia. Cooper De, uh, Dejon, the defensive back is from Iowa. Is that how we say his name? Dejon. I don't even know. Dejon, Dejon, uh, I, I didn't think of Dejon Giroux. Um, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. I've never seen him play football. I don't watch Iowa football. Uh, Keon Coleman is the pick after that. So you have the choice between Wiggins, Mims, Dejon, Keon Coleman, the receiver from Florida State, who are you picking here? Yeah, I think it comes down to me between uh, the two corners. And I think that regardless of which one that they choose, as long as they, they're going to do what what's best for this team, which is, and again, a lot depends on and where, it, Grenard, Stevie Nelson, as the two biggest defensive issues you might have based on free agency. And, and of course, I think right after that would be Rankins in the defensive line, the interior defensive line. But if it tells you that, they're going to work on Grenard or not, and that, that Stevie Nelson is definitely gone. And if if the the podcast gives us any extra hints, I'm taking one of the two corners. I'm not going to tell you that there's a, a clear cut difference maker for me that I can say one over the other. As long as from the talent the talent evaluation side of it, they get the guy that they wanted, then I feel good with it because I think that you need another young corner for the long haul that's going to play opposite of Stingley. I'm anti-receiver in the first round. Like, I've I've made that declaration, like, doing these practices enough. I have corner ahead of receiver. I have defensive end ahead of receiver. I have defensive tackle ahead of receiver. I'll take an interior offensive lineman over a receiver. I want a receiver in this draft. I don't want it to be in the first round. Like, I think you have enough juice with Nico Tank and then wide receiver three as opposed to drafting first-round receiver when you have all of these other needs. So I'm anti-receiver, I've learned. Uh, I've learned that about myself. It's good to learn about yourself as you get older and older. I'm going to go Nate Wiggins here, too. Like, Nate Wiggins, I I want corner. I want corner, and I think that Wiggins is better than uh, Dejan. And I think the reason that I'm saying it like he's a black guy. He's not a black guy. Um, I'm going to go with Wiggins out of Clemson. Like I trust Clemson corners more than I trust Iowa corners. And if you want to read some racist stereotypes in that, feel free. I mean, I was been known as a staunch defensive program. They have to be because their offense doesn't is zero. I think he's actually going to be really good. Yeah, but I, I think I he's like, a good player. I like Wiggins here 
a little bit more because of what Lance says about him. And I also like the uh, the size element. Like Wiggins is a couple inches taller on uh, Dijon. So give me uh, give me Wiggins here. Uh, Lance calls Wiggins a day one starter. He says Dijon's eventually going to be a starter. So give me the guy I can plug and play day one. Yeah, I, I like Wiggins here too. Maybe part of it's because it seems like he is consensus number two cornerback in, in the draft. Like it seems like with like Dijon or and with Kool Aid, they're both. Some of them are falling out of the first round. Like Kool Aid's not in this first round mock draft from Eric Edholm. Dijon is not in Lance's. Who's first the number round. one corner? Uh, this Quinion Mitchell kid from Toledo. Yeah, he's okay. he he's seems to be like after the Senior Bowl. Like it's it seems pretty clear cut right now that like he he's the number one guy. If he's there at twenty three, I'm running to the board. I oh, like for sure. I just other, don't know if he will be. I there's a good chance he's not. The Alabama corner number one is the one that oh uh, Armstead I, I think or whatever. Could, yeah, Terry on Armstead. Yeah, so I guess Wiggins is number three. I could see like. him. I could see him being the top corner too. I think it'll be yeah. between him and the Toledo guy. So, like I was doing that 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 mock draft stuff the other day. He felt it. He felt to 23, which is not going to happen. It's unrealistic. No. So, like, the, the PFF site, I feel like that it, that's still kind of algorithm-based, where it feels like people are not really picking up on him because he's from Toledo. Because I think that's how their website works. It's like the higher people take him when they do mock drafts, it's moving people up their boards. So I think I, you can sort by both. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure that, like, he is elevated in some of those yet, in those mocks, but he's clearly number one. But I would be good with Wiggins here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Wiggins. I'm, sorry, I'm surprised you're not going receiver here, Joe. Well, can I ask you about that, too? Because I was going to ask you about the yeah. receivers in general, but because of the fact that, look, I, I like Keon Coleman just simply because of the fact that he's got great size. But he's not a burner. Mm-mm. Do you feel like, that because Nico can go deep, that you don't need another burner? But if you're going to go with a first-round wide receiver, wouldn't you at least think that no matter how big they are, you like a DK Metcalf, you need to have a guy that that's speedy, no matter how big he. Is. I mean, I love Keon Coleman. Like, it is hard for me to not want to take him. They Part sort of by it, rank, by the way. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. Part of it for me is that like the, what seems clear through the Senior Bowl and then like the early stuff is this is a super deep wide receiver class again. And like, I know who I want. I know who my draft crush is, and I know who I want the Texans to take in the second or third round, and it's Brendan Rice. Like he, I want the Corley kid from Western Kentucky. I like him too. And then uh, there's or the, the South Carolina Jet. Like there's there's a ton of depth. Like I mean Roman Wilson, he's in Lance's mock in the in the end of the first round. But like I I love him out of Michigan. But like Brendan Rice is who I I'm he's kind a lot of, of run lately. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good talent in this class. So that's why I think you don't need to take a wide receiver in the first anymore. I'm now officially team no take wide receiver. I'm also as well. I also want speed. That's why I asked. Yeah, I want to show. I want speed. Like uh, I think that this is an offense where you want fast, quick, twitchy guys. Like I think it's you're trying to do what San Francisco does. And like look at San Francisco. Like they Ayuk. Like I know he's bigger, but that dude's incredibly athletic and fast. Debo's not that tall. Incredible. Like he's strong. He's thick, but incredibly fast. Incredibly quick. Incredibly twitchy. And with the way that they run their offense, like a lot of crossing routes. You have all these sophisticated routes. You're trying to get these guys on jet sweeps. Like I value with this offense speed, quickness, agility more than size. And I think the Texans have showed you that. I think they've proven to to you that that's something that they. One too. Yeah, they have Nico Collins, but they inherited Nico Collins. Who did they draft? Who did they trade up and draft last year? Tank Dell, mm-hmm. the smallest receiver in the NFL. So I think they've I think they've told us uh, the type of receivers that they value. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. And yeah, you want versatility. You want a combination of it all. I get that. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Joe makes faces today. Why is Joe make facing on a make faces on a why the face Wednesday today? It is. The J-Team on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. Uh, the J team today. We're not the Killer Bees on a Jose Altuve day. It's disrespectful to Altuve. They don't belong on the same tier. Uh, I'm making a face joke because 3283 said, should they let Grenard walk for Josh Allen? If there wasn't a salary cap, I'm all for that. I think Josh Allen's a better football player than John Grenard. Uh, they don't have as much cap space as you think. Like If they're signing Josh Allen, goodbye cap space, goodbye holes. All right, Joe, why are you making faces today? Do you want to start with an arrest, huh. a radio station, oh. or drugs? I think your radio station might be stealing my car wreck of the day. It'll be both. Let's go with, uh, like, as you call it. Arrest, drugs, or radio? Let's go arrest. All right. Uh, this morning, a couple hours ago, so I guess not this morning, I saw this tweet get retweeted on my timeline. It said it was a Las Vegas police department. It said, we are responding to reports of an individual scaling a building near the 200 block of Sands Avenue. Please avoid the area due to emergency vehicles responding. Um, And then the video started coming out of some guy. He climbed the sphere in Las Vegas. He was successful? He was on the very top of the building. He, wow. he climbed like the side of the sphere. Like, is there seams on that thing? I that's what I don't. I don't know if there's like a ladder, but I'm, I'm watching this person from KTNV in, in Vegas. This video they put out, and this guy's literally climbing the side of it. Like, is normally when you see these people that are dumbasses and scale buildings, there's balconies and there's different variances and where the brick sticks out and all these things that they can get traction to. The sphere leading up to its name, obviously. I don't know how the hell he's getting tracked. What, he's got, like, suction cup shoes? Yeah, apparently, like, the, he had a hard time getting down, too. He's been arrested since, but, yeah, tough. Those screens Bizarre. must be able to, uh, like, move out a little bit. Or maybe they just have somewhere you can put your feet. Yeah, like, there's Old enough things. of a grip. So maybe seams or that we can't see from a distance, but that up close. Yeah, they're like they're like stacked a little bit, so like there's somewhere to put your foot in your hands each time. It's funny looking at this video. It looks like a man walking on the moon. I know, I know it does. Because <laughs> like they turned it off, and once he's at the top, there's there's nothing on the sphere, so it literally looks like the moon. Yes, it looks like the. Uh... <laughs> maybe this is how they fake the moon landing. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe the sphere has been around forever, and that Neil Armstrong really wasn't on the moon. He's he on was the just on the sphere, and they just moved it because it does look. Like he's climbing the moon. Do they, do we know anything about this guy? Uh, no, just that he's been arrested. That's all that's been out since. Says he's a. There's definitely seams that you can that it, you look the closer they got with the camera that you could see how it'd be possible to get your foot. Oh yeah, in those. Apparently, the guy had a um, he had a GoPro on his head. I just YouTubed it. Oh, so it's on from YouTube him? of him climbing it? You got the video from him? I don't think he's posted the video. Oh, That'd be okay. pretty badass. I would like to see that. I would, too. I can't believe he climbed this, man. I know. Like, that's an impressive climb. This guy's an athlete. A dumb athlete, this but an athlete. An, is he dumb? Got well, a lot got, of attention. He got arrested. They're like suction cups whenever you look at it. It's almost like a ladder. This is not a, this is not a what is it, OSHA? This is not OSHA compliant. No, probably not. 
Anything happens in Vegas, I guess. All right, what's the next one? Uh, Calvin Johnson admits to uh, smoking weed before games at the end of his career. He was, Calvin Johnson the Lions? Yep, so he's a little baked at the end of his career. He said he gave up, basically. Is there another Calvin Johnson? I think there's... I, I, I want to say that there was, but I don't know. I don't know of another Calvin Johnson. Um... This is everything that happened. Did you ever watch that show, Playmakers, on ESPN that had one season because the NFL said enough of this? Great show. Yeah. It was like the the most reality television we've ever That's seen. That's why they canceled it. I think it was more real than Hard Knocks. That's why they canceled it. Like, because it was too real. Like, whoever was telling them stuff was giving them real stories, and they were going, oh, like, we don't want this to be this public. That this is going on in all of the locker rooms. It's like everything that's happened on that show. Now, the, I mean, the drug of choice was a little bit more extreme. I think he was. I think it was cocaine. Yeah, I think so the playmakers too. and this yeah. is weed. But would it surprise you? No, would we've it heard surprise this from, you? We've heard this from a, a, a lot of. Oh different yeah, players. he's not the first player. But do you think anybody's ever played with cocaine? I don't think cocaine. Yes, I think. I weed, think it's happened. I, I I think weed has been. Well, maybe it has. I think for the most part, weed has been more like medicinary. Is that the term for it? Where they felt like with all of the, it was a way for them to kind of relieve some of the pain that they were feeling. A lot of guys have highlighted that's why they smoked weed and wanted it legalized. Yeah, I mean Doc Ellis threw a perfect game on LSD. He did. I yeah. totally believe a football player has done some stuff while they play. One hundred percent. Joe Joe was Fergie Jenkins. Oh, I don't know. On something when he threw the no-no? I don't remember. I want to say that I read something about that possibly. I feel like that might be Doc. Okay. And uh, last one here. Was, were you talking about Fergie, the uh, Fergie Black Eyed Peas? From the Cubs. Oh, not Black Eyed Peas. Last one here. I've done a lot of Did stupid things, the guys. No. Okay. I've done a lot of stupid things on this show. Yeah. I will not deny that. Yeah. I've, been, I, I've said frogs aren't animals. Yeah. I, I was I, in on that. I didn't let you guys know about fire alarms. There's a lot of dumb things I've done, okay? Yeah. I've never booked the the white Randy Moss on, on X. saw that. You've never booked Randy the wrong Moss Randy Moss. Promoting, by the way, Al, do you, do you know? It's something having to do with horse racing. <laughs> really? He's very into horse racing. Are, are you sure this is the right, this, the, yeah. not this the other Randy, Randy Moss? Moss? The wide receiver, not Randy. Is there another uh, yes. Randy Moss? Is it? Uh-oh. There's an announcer, Randy Moss. Who is into horse who racing. Who is into horse racing. Please tell me that's fake. That, I, no. That would no. be so awesome. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. So the producer from uh, Boomer and Geo at WF, WFAN in New York, he booked the wrong Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. And they thought, and apparently one of the guys is a Vikings fan. So he brought his Vikings jersey to the studio that they're at. He brought a picture that he took with Randy Moss. To have him get it autographed by Randy Moss, but their producer booked the wrong Randy Moss. Oh, they let him have it too. I mean, this was this was a pretty long segment. Yeah, this was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, you're never gonna live it. That down. was pretty. It was brutal. I like the part where he was like, "Well, they, we talked about what we we're gonna talk about." He said pro football, and he used to be on the NFL <laughs> Network, and it's like, yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah, did. He was a reporter, and Randy Network. Moss was never on the NFL Network. Also, yeah, yeah. I so, saw the uh, I saw people putting like quote tweeting and saying he got mossed. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> they yeah, the poor white Randy Moss though. Like, I'm sure he has to deal with this his entire life. Yes, like I'm Randy yeah. Moss, and he shows up. You're not Randy Moss. Yeah, I'm Randy Moss. I'm just not that Randy Moss. Like, he actually got booked, and then they had to call and be like, hey, we're not going to use you because you're not the right Randy Moss. That came up, too, I believe, in the conversation. Yeah, they, they was, discussed if they, were, if they were going to cancel it. You have to cancel it. He still knows the NFL. Yeah. 
doesn't really have. Do you a name. save credibility by still any... having Randy Moss on? I mean, I think, since, the, uh, uh, you since you're doing like it on video and it went viral, like at this point, like you you just you cancel it because everyone knows the story. Or or you just continue the bit, the bit. Yeah, you have him on. the bit, but you just can like and you talk to him about his experiences where he's been confused with the real Randy Moss. Yeah, but I'm not interested in Randy Moss's takes on the Super Bowl. If it was a different week, I think I would feel different. Like if it wasn't Super Bowl week, maybe if it was Kentucky Derby week, and that's about it. Yeah, one of the Triple Crown races, and that's about it. Do you have any horse betting plays? Everybody's saying Lawrence Taylor did some cocaine while he played, and that the Cowboys in the early nineties did some cocaine. While I think he played. there's so, several people that you could throw out there as potentials. Uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I don't really want to. I don't really <laughs> want to get sued. You'll be my guest. <laughs> no, I think that there was a receiver that played. College ball in Texas that had a lot of issues that might have. This is is it Roy Williams? Nope. Oh, <laughs> which one? Um, Slosh Borden. I've never heard of her. Okay. Have you have you heard of that person? Kind of going Are you with your talking about rhyming? the wide receiver that played at Oklahoma State. Mm, I believe. Where did Josh Gordon play football? There you go. Everywhere, Texas. everywhere. I was going to say Baylor. Baylor. He Baylor. Was Baylor for a little bit. Yeah. I think he was on campus at U of H for like a week. Was he really? I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think so. Are you? Well, I'm thinking the of Oklahoma Justin State guy is Blackman. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Justin Blackman. He went what top? He went third, top five, something yeah, like that. He was at least in the top. Such 10. a bust. That was boomed to a huge. Such bust. a bust. Yes. All right. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Uh, Will of Bits. You never know what you're going to get with the Will of Bits. we got a Will of Bit coming up next. It's the J-Team on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my bookie big weekend. A big chance for you to cash in. Only place that I recommend that you do that, mybookie.ag. They take care of you in so many ways, and they're doing it yet again. And we know with the big game this weekend, we know with NBA and college hoops, NHL, hockey, soccer, golf, you name it, you can probably bet on it at mybookie. But they're always taking care of you, and that's awesome. Because one of the ways they take care of you is even when there's not games going on, if you want to get your gambling on, you can get to mybookie.ag, live dealers standing by. You can do the blackjack. You can do the roulette. You can do the poker. All right there for you online. And oh, by the way, they're doing it again with the match bonuses. You can put in our promo code bet975 because you're a loyal listener to the show and you can cash in. Whenever there's an, uh, they ask you for a promo code, if you put bet975 in, you can feel the benefits financially. Because right now they're doing it again from 50 to $1,000. If you put money into your account or set up an account and, and put money in, from fifty to a thousand dollars, they're going to double it instantly. More money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances to win. It's absolutely fantastic, and you get that because you listen to us and you bet with them at mybookie.ag. Been in business for over a decade. That means your money's safe, and they're going to take care of you. That's why I encourage you all to get your account set up or reload it right now. Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code bet nine seven five. Do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code bet nine seven five. It's the Killer Bees, and that means you have no idea what's happening next. Could it be the next great food debate? A Joel rent for the ages? An extra bad take from Joe? Or maybe Jeremy will call for a bounty gate on someone? Well, let's find out. It's time for the Wheel of Bits. Oh, my goodness, would you look at this. What an enormous bit. Let's play Buzzkill Branham. Buzzkill Branham. That's the Wheel of Bit today. I have to deal with all these people 
tweeting. This guy said, I guess Branham needs a little extra income today. Nice bait, little guy. That's not very nice. Coleridge to goat on Twitter. Little guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm farming engagements. You got to water the roots. Side hustle is a side hustle. All right, Buzzkill Branham. Mm, which one do I want to go with first? I'll go C.J. Stroud playing in the NBA celebrity game. I saw so many people celebrating this. Oh, yes, we get to watch more C.J. Stroud. I crave C.J. Stroud content. It's fantastic. I don't like him playing in these games, and I hope that when Nick Casario extends him, and I bet you they do, I bet you they stop letting him play pickup basketball. I sure hope so. I mean, you think about this, and yeah, I know that Miles um, Garrett played a couple years ago and had some dunks and, and was trying to show out a little bit. I want to say that... Uh, Terrell Owens has played. DK Metcalf played. There's just too much to lose just to kind of get your basketball fix on and show people that you used to be able to play you play basketball too. This is your career. This is your sport. I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. I know that the Jeff Kent thing will always come up too about the fact that it's in their contracts. There's certain things you're not supposed to do, and he tried to hide the fact that he was on a, a motorized dirt bike and hit, that's how he broke his wrist or his forearm. Yeah, I, I just I feel very bad about this. I have a bad feeling. I hate it. No, I don't like it at all. And a lot of people were celebrating it. I don't understand why you're celebrating it. I don't understand. I don't you're... want him to have fun. Well, I don't want him to do extracurricular activities. I don't want him to have room for activities. I want him to focus so- solely on Houston Texan football. I don't want him to have fun. I don't want him to do anything that excites him. I want his 100% focus to only have things that are going to benefit the Houston Texans. Yeah, look, maybe I'd feel a little bit better if there wasn't a, a future opponent on the other team. I ne- know. Next year, you play the Dallas Cowboys. What yeah. if C.J. Stroud is going to the paint and Micah Parsons says, screw these rules. Yeah. I'm taking C.J. out. Bounty gate. Bounty gate. Bounty gate all over again. I did like that Meta World pieces on C.J. Stroud team, though. That makes me feel a little bit better. Because if there's going to be a table leg that goes through somebody's chest, I think it's going to be on the other team. So that, that, that makes me happy. I, I just hope Meta knows enough about the NFL and CJ and knows enough that he you know that he wants to protect him. Maybe not. Like Meta's probably going to play to win. He had some experience with Meta and great dude, but he can be out there sometimes. Oh, you know Meta? Mm-hmm. It was probably Ron back then, right? Did you ever meet? He was Ron Artest. Oh yeah. But did you times. meet? Did you meet him after the name change? No, met him as Ron. Yeah, met him. I was wondering if you knew him as Meta. People didn't realize that he is. He was the Golden Gloves champion in yeah. New York growing up. Th- th- that kind of leads you to believe, besides the malice at the palace and all the fighting and the other extracurriculars, dude can defend himself, and he is strong. Like, if you slapped him on the back, it was like slapping a brick wall. Yeah, I bet. He's he's a beast. <laughs> like he, yeah. He's a strong son of a gun. All right, the next thing that I want to buzzkill is everything about the Houston Rockets. It's my turn uh, to be a hater. Just give me a random rocket. We can go, we can go through all of them. And I'm going to give you something that I despise about them. Boban. That I dislike their game. He sucks. He does not. He's awful at basketball. Sucks. But he does, what do you mean he doesn't suck? He, he actually for plays. a big guy has nice. He has touch. He just can't run up and down the floor. Is he a good NBA basketball player? He's on a roster. You are kidding me right now. He's on a roster. Joel Blank right now is saying that Boban I didn't is say a, he was good a good NBA, NBA basketball, basketball player. player. He's on an NBA roster though. It's saying something. Sure, he's on an NBA roster, but he stinks at NBA basketball. I think he's if they a played poor half court, NBA he'd be basketball good. player. He would get rebounds, and he. I don't even know that. Like, get him out defending on the perimeter. Game over. Well, that's the thing. He's a in, not in, a good NBA basketball player. So there's Boban. Okay. Um, Alpi Shingun. Alpi Shingun cries about every single call that he does not get, and he begs Ime Adoka to challenge every single one of them. True. Every, he, he wants him to challenge every 
single call. And there, like, you can tell that Ime Adoka is starting to get fed up with it because he's like, no. Like, he's starting to tell, he's like, stop it. And if I were in Ime Adoka's shoes, I'd be, dude, stop, shut up. Like, we're not, we're not challenging every single no call that you don't get. And most of the time, I'll be sorry, you're wrong. Well, the you're easy wrong. answer would have been defense. I like that answer better because I agree with he it. He cries about every single call. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet is slow, slow tempo, and he's eating up minutes of a point guard I'd rather have get them. But you're paying him $44 million a year. I know, but I, who would you rather play 35 minutes a game from here on out? Amin Thompson or Fred Van Vliet? The objective winning? Not really. Okay, well, then I'd play Not him. really. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, it's more about, I guess, finding your peak. Like, eventually, and, and maybe, like, 35 minutes is still too much for a man. Like, I get all that. But I, I like watching a men play more than I like watching Fred Van Vliet play. And I'll concede that Fred Van Vliet right now is a better basketball player than Amin Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh. Jalen Green. Uh, he paints his nails black, and his three-point shooting is awful. Okay. His three-point shooting is really, really bad. And the, 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 like the, I don't care if people paint their nails really, but it kind of uh, I notice it. And if I notice it, I'm like, eh, if you're painting your nails his, black, why got, aren't you working making on your three-point shot? Is you, he? Appreci- you appreciate the side hustle. I like capitalism. He has an endorsement deal with a nail company. I did not know that. Yeah. You know what I'd rather him be doing than painting his nails black? Working on his three-point shot is what I'd rather him be doing than painting his nails black. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is an offensive liability that shoots too much. Liability? Yeah, I think he's an offensive liability. I think he takes shots that aren't good ones, and I think it brings down the offensive efficiency of the Rockets. Jabari. Like, why is Dylan Brooks getting shots over Jabari? Like, give me a Jabari turnaround 12-footer than a Dylan Brooks crashing at the rim and heaving up a prayer. I think he's not a bad three point shooter. He's fine. He's fine there. I wish, yeah. like, I want him to be more three and D, rare slash. But if it's a, if it's, if it's borderline bad shot, do not take it. He does like to he just takes throw it shots. up on the glass when he gets contact inside. Yeah. Jabari doesn't average 10 rebounds a game. That guy should be averaging 10 rebounds a game. I'm sorry. I like Jabari's skill set. I really do. Uh, I think Jabari can be a unicorn in the NBA. Like I don't think there's many guys who can average 18 and 10 and shoot 40% from three, which I think Jabari's capable of doing. But he should be averaging 10 rebounds a game. I think he needs to get a little tougher, and he needs to assert his dominance on the glass. I told you one thing I don't like is when he's a seven-footer with a guard on him, Please don't settle for a fadeaway. He does a lot of fadeaways. Like, yeah. I just want to see some turnaround jumpers. Stop fading. Cam. Cam Whitmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, every first or second step, half the time when he's returning to defense is a walking step. Have you yeah. noticed that? Yep. 50% of the time, probably more than 50% of the time, whenever he goes from an offensive player to a defensive player, his first two to three steps are walking steps, and it annoys me. A lot of James Harden in and there. He, and he shoots a lot. He's a chucker. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt he is that. <laughs> he, he's, he's a chucker. Um, last one. Give me one more. Jeff Green. Jeff Green is a veteran that's playing too many minutes on a young team, and he is n- below average NBA player. That was pretty nice on Jeff Green. I, I wouldn't see below average on. still. He still <sighs> he still makes his threes. He's, he's still, not playing it, well it, recently. It's basically like his do- like how much how much of a dosage you get into Jeff Green. If it's just like in he's short dosages, he can be effective. Yeah, I think they need to upgrade over Jeff Green if they want to be serious. One more on uh, no more Rockets, but Victor. You see Victor go viral the other day. He chopped somebody up. I think oh, he was, I did. Uh, he hit a three. Right? Was it Jared Allen? Maybe I think it might have been Jared Allen, but he like he crossed him and over he a couple back times. And hit a three. And he stepped back three. He's seven foot four. Why are you chopping somebody up? Just rise and fire. Just shoot the ball. You well, can shoot over anybody. But if it's Jared Allen, it, it's at least a center contest, which is a bigger guy. He created but that much space. I'm telling for you, for a step back three, like just shoot the ball. I don't think he can. Just shoot the ball. What do you mean? It's too like if 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 Victor was was short, he I don't think he could get a shot off. 
it comes too much from his chest and up. You think he shot puts it? Like I think it's it's well, a I don't little know. like I just if he Let's was short, I just feel like it would get blocked all the time. So that's why I don't think he I haven't really just, watched like, him that much rise in, in, up. with the Spurs. But last year, I saw him rise up, like turn, square his shoulders in the corner and drop a three, and I went. Woo, baby, he he got that ball high. He got his elbow in. He extended the hand in the cookie jar, and he had nothing but net. I was like, it, it, he's got some good shooting ability. Yeah, I just don't – it's not <laughs> – That's highlight analysis there. It's just not – it's not – I think he has shooting potential. I don't think he's, he's got a good, good touch. shooter. I, I think he's, I think his jumper – I think he's got good touch on his jumper. I think he's got good touch around the basket. Now, I think he's got it, feel it and touch, yeah. It doesn't hurt the fact that he's got a wingspan where he can dunk it from outside the lane. I think he'll become a good shooter, a three-point shooter. I think he'll become a three-point three yeah, shooter. I don't think he's there yet. I think he's way better than Giannis. Can like, you, he's going to have oh, the touch sure. that Giannis is never going to have. But does he have the athleticism and like brute force of Giannis? It, I don't know it, if he'll get that. The biggest thing is, can he put weight on? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's really talented. He's super talented. He's definitely a unicorn. Um, can you? Is, are there? Is there a place? And, and you can help me out here, Hive. If y'all don't know, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Is there? Is there a place where you can see the analytics on a shooter catch and shoot versus off the dribble? I was searching that for Victor, and I couldn't find it. I don't, I, not that I know. Because of. I would really be curious on Victor. Because Victor's a 30% three-point shooter. Let me text Daryl. That's not great. Like, I mean, it's, that's, for a rookie, that's 7-5, like whatever. That's fine. But 30% is not a good three-point shooter. We crushed Jalen Green for being a little bit north of 30%. Um, so I'm curious what his catch-and-shoot numbers look like versus off-the-dribble numbers. I'm kind of curious about yeah, that. Because you know Jaylen who always Green, gets too. analyzed about that is Harden. Harden this year for the first time in his career is being forced to be a catch and shoot three point shooter. And a lot of people doubt that he can do it consistently because all he's ever done is exactly what Joe said that uh, Wemby did that he's got to break people down and do the step back or the sidestep in order to, to really get in rhythm to shoot his three. Yeah, I'd be curious. If any of you know where I can find those numbers, I'd be very interested in that. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also, when we return, Jim Crane is not cheap. I'm tired of this. What he is, though, and what he has shown you that what he is, that's next. It's the J team today, not the Killer Bees, in honor of Jose Altuve on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.